Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the home. Homework with Friends podcast. The sleepover special. The sleepover special. Uh, we don't have the video podcast going uh, right now. The cameras are out in the shop for repair. <laughs> are they? <laughs> no, I just couldn't set it up. This is a very sleepy edition of the Homework with Friends podcast. Your boy is Dalton and Logan. Uh, by the way, this is Logan talking. This is Dalton. And we're, we're a little... Not we're down the dumps. I don't know. Are we down. The, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think we both hit a concurrent patch of twenty-something malaise, aka we're in a funk. In a funk. Uh, I think the weather going up and down. You know, it's a bit. It's like been. It's been gray here for three days. Yeah, it's a gloomy June so far. Um, I've heard in California they call that June gloom, but that's just because it's nice. All the other months here in Chicago, it's been shitty yeah. for about six months straight. <laughs> Give us our summer. Uh, it's been more than six months. It's probably it's been shitty since like December. Yeah, it's it usually doesn't affect me, but I think we live in a basement, so we look out of our windows, which is the dirt, and <laughs> we see we look out at dirt, <laughs> gray skies, and sad people walking by on their commutes and. I don't know. It's just one of those things that eventually just affects you. Hey, but we're back here. Let's try. <laughs> let's pep this shit up. Uh, I didn't know how we're trying. To, how we're trying to vibe this. We're uh, we're snuggled up on the couch this episode. We're snuggled up on the couch. I wish you get. We'll take a picture. You guys can see it on yeah. our uh, now popping off Twitter. Our Twitter. Yeah, we got got a hype twitter now yeah this still is a, only 22 followers but yeah baby a whole, whole bunch of retweets our and big, likes <laughs> our biggest tweet so far has more likes than followers than yeah. we have i uh bought a t-shirt from one of my favorite podcasts the doughboys podcast took a little mirror selfie they retweeted it you gotta gotta wonder if maybe they've listened because they both they follow us uh the one one of the guys follows us yeah, yeah. But I don't think they listen. I, I doubt. I they doubt would. it. I, 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just some. I feel like if no, I don't even want to get ahead of myself. But I feel like it was a one of those support your favorite podcast kind of things. Now that we're kind of in the podcast community, I was happy. Yeah. I was happy to buy the shirt. I was happy just to post the picture because I like spreading the good word of that podcast. And for them to retweet it, and apparently a few of their followers to like our stuff and come to our Twitter page, which is at Homework Pod. At Twitter, felt good, felt cool, felt good. You know, when I was in seventh and eighth, seventh and eighth grade, actually all of middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, uh, our classrooms were called like our group classrooms were called pods. Whoa! So you were in the green pod, or you in the blue pod, or the... so homework pod has a whole other meaning for you. It does. I just realized that. <laughs> well, we're going deep, baby. So deep. Um, uh, but wait, if wait. you're new for whatever reason, uh, you thought the, the topic of this episode was important, which is the local business special. The business special. Uh, we are a podcast for two pals. Uh, like I already mentioned, I'm Logan. Uh, I'm, I'm Logan. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dalton. Uh, we assign each other homework every week. Uh, last week we were assigned... Uh, two special assignments from uh, avid, you know, super fan Robbie Yankish. Super fan, uh, yeah. And we'll we'll get into the assignments here in just a little bit. This is the rapport building section of the podcast. <laughs> just so you know, just so you know, this is where the boys are just kind of downloading. You know, maybe on the weeks, maybe on the yeah. days, trials and tribulations of uh, growing up. Speaking of super fan Robbie Anchors, that's who I'm sponsored by this week. Oh yeah, sponsors, uh, classmate of the week. Um, 
And I did. I'm sorry, Robbie, but I know you stipulated that you wanted to do stout or porter, but the, the beers just don't work well with doing the podcast. <laughs> oh no! So I went a little rogue with it, but I got along with the theme of the assignment. I got coffee infused wine. Oh, from Apothic. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I so, like your review. How's it tasting? It's really good. I dig it. Um, this is the first time I've had it. Uh. But yeah, I, I went a little off of what you wanted me to do, but I think I, I maybe stepped it up a little bit. What Dalton is referencing is if you'd like to sponsor our alcoholic beverage for the recording of the podcast, uh, you can Venmo us. Uh, I'm f- easily found at Logan Lukach. It's spelled L-U-K-A-C-S. Uh, Dalton Lee. Spelled how you'd expect. Yeah. And uh, if you send us a little bit of money, tell us what to drink, we'll drink it. Uh, and tell you how it is. Uh, apparently, based on last week's episode and this week's episode, if we can't find it, we'll make a gut decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, uh, speaking of sponsors, I'm not sponsored this week. You're not sponsored. Currently not sponsored. That's uh, a bummer. Well, because we do have an upcoming sponsor. Yeah. Who kind of hit us up at the same time, and we're going to save that for another week. For next week. But uh, should... Or no, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Yeah. So I am currently seeking a sponsor <laughs> for next week. Is really, I think the novelty might have worn off because it's like kind of a funny thing. Like, oh, we're going to Venmo our pals. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't need the $4 or the $6 or however much you spend, but mm-hmm. we sure do like it. We appreciate it. <laughs> but I, I do think we can go ahead and read the email that our uh, future sponsor uh, sent in. So I wanted to go ahead and There's read. an email. Yeah, there was an email attached to it, so um, you don't have to sponsor us to engage with the show or even follow us on Twitter if you'd simply like to reach out to us at homeworkwithfriends at gmail.com. We're looking for episode topics, um, questions for the boys, kind of anything you want to share. Suggestions, Uh, feedback. So far, we will read it on the pod. Compliments. Mainly compliments. Uh, The boys, we're we're sleepy guys. We're down the dumps. We'd love a compliment. Give us compliments. We need a compliment. (laughs) I sounded too whiny there. I didn't like that. Yeah. All right, you ready for the, the email? Yeah. All right, so this comes from Annette Fetter from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Hi, friends. Love the pod so much. You two crack me up. Oh, look at that. What a nice, I like that compliment. Yeah, give more. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Venmo you some dollars, and I want you each to buy a bottle of 19 Crimes wine and then share the story from the bottles. So we'll, we'll do that oh, on okay. an upcoming episode. I've seen that. I've never had it. So yeah, no, exciting. I, I had knew nothing about it until she emailed us. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. That's perfect yeah. for the beginning of the app. And she also asks, also, what were your friend groups in, in school like? Do you guys think you would have been friends in high school? Much love, <laughs> Annette. Uh, would we have? So my friend group in high school, I would say it was a very medium crowd. Okay. I don't think I was like super uh like popular. I wasn't not no, I knew yeah. everybody for the most part. Um but like I wasn't like, oh Mr. King of the school. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> uh me and my friends went to church a lot. We didn't do the typical like drinking in high school and partying. So and what stuff. I'm hearing was you guys were pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um we had a lot of Nerf wars. We'd go in the woods and build forts together. I got it. I, I, um, I knew those. I think I was a hybrid of that kid, but I know the type you're talking about. Yeah, that was us. With, um, 
we i mean i played sports all year round so i was always busy doing shit like that yeah and, uh but yeah I, I i don't know how to like what if i had to give a stereotypical like click to my friends i don't even know what it would be what was like the composition of your high school would you say it was like a lot of people who blended groups a lot did you see yeah a lot? it was i don't think there was like a whole lot of like it, it wasn't like clicky in my high school yeah uh everybody was pretty good friends with everybody for the most part i mean there was like some classic stuff but for the most part it was just everybody got along with everybody there was a lot of like merit in my high school but uh, with doing stuff like leadership retreats and things like that okay so, so those those people have, had like, like a high status yeah you have a like big blend awards. of people who like like really good like football players and athletes mixed with kids in musical theater and um like art like art type things and uh just about anybody and like everybody knew each other from these things like leadership retreats and Mm -hmm. like student council and stuff like that that was like a big deal uh that everybody did in my high school it was like a blend of everybody you could imagine Mm -hmm. uh so i think it's kind of a weird school yeah i don't you see the thing is though like i don't know my school was I want to say it was about like 2,000 students total from which I found out later is a pretty large size high school. Yeah. A lot of pretty like, normal. Huh? Mine was pretty normal. Like a little like, bit smaller. Like 300 to 350 a class. Yeah. So ours was maybe just under double that or mm. whatever. So I think to a certain extent, I want to believe we were like a blended little utopia where everybody was good. Yeah. But I think I also had like these 16, 17 year old blinds or blinders up where I just wasn't paying attention <laughs> to all the other stuff. Cause yeah. like I was probably pretty, pretty set up for the most part. It didn't feel that way at like the beginning of high school, mm-hmm. meaning like, uh, I feel like we had all these such a big school. You're combining these gigantic middle schools, which were, basically the size of small high schools in themselves and mm-hmm. for two years in a row after having like a pretty set up clique of friends from like sixth seventh and eighth grade that's where i really found my core friends wasn't in any other classes for two years straight and shocker i was the funny guy <laughs> <laughs> i did like little sketches in in middle school like i legitimately remember feeling like a little bit of a celebrity like and yeah going into ninth grade was such a like I got tuned up day one <laughs> in my first period English class by the funny kid from the other middle school. He was mm-hmm. in that class too, and he had that class's number. <laughs> he had been cracking them up for like three years, and I even noticed there was people from my middle school who were laughing at his shit. I'm like, guys, guys, what about me? Over here. I used to be the guy. Yeah, you don't remember I did the sketches, but I I don't even know what that voice was, but um. So I feel like I had these like humbling two years where I had to like really branch out and mm-hmm. kind of like make new friends. So I was always, and I, I, it's tough if I think about my friends who might be listening who like know me. I don't know if they knew. Like there was like classes where I'd be with my good friends and I would be cutting it up the whole time, like yeah. not paying attention, like goofing around. I think we've covered earlier in the podcast that like I could kind of do that, still get A's, and then mm-hmm. it would kick me in the butt eventually, or I'd get in trouble. But for the most part, I was just, like, kind of that that lovable buffoon. But there was, like, some classes where, like, I was the straight-up quietest little boy (laughs) in the back, just, like, sketching in my notebook. And then, like, maybe one other person would befriend me, and we would just, like, share doodles back and forth and kind of giggle and... But I would be so studious and normal and stuff like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, other classes, I'm like, boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah, it's 
man, it's goofy. I do feel like freshman year was more so stereotypical high school clicky, mm-hmm. but then as it went on, it just everybody blended. Yeah. Into, by like senior year, it was just friends with everybody. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. Like your first couple of years, you're always like the seniors are about to be in college, like mm-hmm. about to be societally adults. And you are a little child. Yeah. Like the smallest <laughs> person in retrospect. So, But you're influenced by people. If you're like a freshman on a sport team, you're around these seniors who are kind of showing you the ropes. Mm-hmm. You're like learning about what everybody else is doing. Like I didn't really like even pay attention to people drinking until I was a senior. All that kind of stuff didn't even really seep into my psyche besides just thinking these kids are these kids are big. <laughs> I am not. Look at those big old boys. <laughs> Some big old butt. Maybe I'll be a big old boy. <laughs> but as far as like my friend groups, my core group sounds pretty similar. We were like floaters, meaning like there was definitely like popular, popular kind of kids. And mm-hmm. we got folded into their group kind of towards the end based off just persistence. Like we were just yeah. around like my best friend, Jared, played football. So he knew all those guys. My other friends were kind of like always the coolest kids in the AP classes. Meanwhile, I kind of floated around doing like artsy stuff, but also yucking it up. So we were kind of this amalgam of all the different little microcosms of the school. Yeah, that's how it always felt. Like with my group of friends, it was just like some weird mix where you get to be in every group. Yeah, (laughs) but meanwhile, but that the funny thing with that is, I wonder if anybody like can relate to this. I'm sure there are, but I feel like. To a certain extent, that almost hindered our social relationships with other groups because we would be so cool with people during school. Mm-hmm. And then the weekend would come and we'd be like, oh, shit, like we're like not cool enough to be like hanging out <laughs> with those people <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. outside of school. Well, so we just would go to my buddy Jared's basement and just like watch into the blue and play ping pong and be like, I wonder what the others are doing. <laughs> that was kind of similar with us, but I think that we didn't want to do any of no, this didn't. We really didn't mind. We, like, Once this... senior year hit and a few friends peeled off and started doing their own thing, like started going to those yeah. things, and like I think I was guilty of it too. Um, not, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I would like start kind of like ditching the typical hang out in a basement night to go do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like we were pretty perfectly happy until anybody told us we should be doing something else. Oh, absolutely. And well, no one really told us we should be doing anything. We thought we were doing the right, we were doing the right thing. We had so much fun, uh, <laughs> but it would be like the weekend would hit. And when like other kids in our grade might've been like having parties and doing like the hanging out in like basement things, like we all played the same sports for the most part. Mm. So we always had the same like schedules with like, meets and everything like that. But other than that, it was like, we have to be playing something all the time. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> like we like have like Nerf. If it wasn't like having Nerf wars, it was like playing sand volleyball. If yeah. it wasn't that, it was like playing ultimate Frisbee. It was like, there was never a time to not be playing a game. Not be doing yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we would make up like scavenger hunts and shit and like just, like I said, go in the woods and just build a fort for no reason at all. <laughs> uh, you know, based on this current breakdown, I think we probably would have been friends in high school. Yeah, probably. I mean, we were friends at 18. Yeah. That's essentially high school. Like right when we turned 18, basically. Yeah. So I, think... I didn't like it at first. Oh, yeah. This is a good origin story. Yeah, this is a good origin story. We, Logan and I met as freshmen in college. And we were both being recruited by the same fraternity. Hoorah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I remember, I just remember you uh, 
and a couple of our other friends showing up, and three of you were wearing like matching colored tank tops. And, yeah, like, we all cut off jeans. Well, and so I, I, mean, I was just like, oh god. The way fraternity <laughs> recruitment works, and I'm sure we can save this for future episodes because we haven't even tapped into it yet. Was at a little school like we had. It wasn't so much like come to the kegger, brother. It was <laughs> hey, we're playing basketball at the rec. Yeah, um, which you know is actually a little bit more what it looks like a lot around a lot of campuses, but. I, I didn't play basketball, my friend didn't play basketball, and then our other friend was a runner, and we were just all, we had already bonded over, like, indie music, <laughs> and we were, like, already talking about starting our own music blog and all this shit, and at that time, 2010, tank tops for men were really coming into fashion again. Were they? <laughs> <laughs> and we just so happened to accidentally wear, I wore a blue one. And then they were a red and a yellow one, and we would look like the primary color tank top boys. Yeah. And we also sucked at basketball and were joking around at it, which is from anyone who plays pickup basketball, even mildly competitively, or just for fun. Like, it's not fun when people are fucking around. Cause it yeah, just is I, so think I was probably just as annoying, but coming from the opposite way. I'm sure, like... Coming into freshman year, like, I was recruited as an athlete, so I was, like, there and, like, mm-hmm. hanging out with our other, like, athlete friends and then like, going to this thing and probably wearing, like, a cutoff and, like, yeah. shorts and taking it way too seriously. <laughs> uh, I think at that time, like, I know we we kind of didn't realize till later, once we just ended up hanging out a lot, this is going too far into detail, like, just made a lot of mutual friends at the same dorm, so I was just around a lot more, yeah. so I think... I think I probably grew on you. I wasn't, I was at that time pretty like cocky. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> everybody's loving my shit right now. <laughs> I didn't even perceive that somebody might be annoyed with me. Yeah. Um, it's a, a bit of a distant memory now. It's foggy. Yeah, but uh, I get but, it. I mean, that I've gotten, but that. we quickly, like, it only took one hangout to be actually, like, to be good friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's all really. Uh, so I, I would assume that we would have been around some of the same stuff in high school. We probably would have been. I think the only stuff that would have been tricky, maybe at my high school setup, is like stuff like I was mentioning before with like that one guy who was really cool at his other middle school. Mm. Like it took a while for the middle schools to yeah. merge. <laughs> so like if you were doing your own thing and had your own group that early and I had my own group that early, it probably wouldn't have been until around junior or senior year where we like maybe our friend groups would yeah. have hung out. Had similar classes or But you did didn't you do show choir? No, I didn't do show choir. No. I kinda did I did volleyball. And I did uh, drama senior year, so I was okay. Technically, one. Yeah, of the... we wouldn't have ran in the same. No, not same the same circle. crew. Because <laughs> I was in choir, but then I did. I did volleyball. Yeah, the last year, but I probably wouldn't have done it at a big school like that. No, at a place because at my school I could do two sports in the spring. And... Oh, because <laughs> volleyball was like a club thing, you know. No, dude, state baby. <laughs> we built that program from the ground up. <laughs> And by we, I mean my friends, and I videotaped it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really good at cheering on my friends. Oh, dude. And I loved dressing up for game day. That was my favorite. Yeah? They gave me warm-ups, <laughs> and I didn't play. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, Annette, for the question. Yeah, thank you. That, that was, was a good great question. question. It's something we've talked about before, but not super in-depth, so I think that was some yeah. good... Good insight for the podcast. Yeah, Annette went to a high school right by mine. Oh. Never knew each other. Stowe. Wait, Stowe. should we say the names of the I high schools? Know. Eh, whatever. That's a general name. I'm sure they don't know what state it's in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ready to get into homework? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into H work. So 
Uh, this past week, like we mentioned, we had a substitute teacher, Robbie Yankish. Um, we're going to do a quick plug for Robbie because he did such a good job coming up with a question, and he's always been a really big supporter since we started. Uh, he is, if you want to check out what he does for work, he uh, manages a family camera shop, his family's camera shop in Youngstown, Ohio. I think technically it's Boardman, Ohio, but it's YM Camera. Um, check him out on Facebook. Um, doesn't even matter if you're not in the Northeast Ohio area. They do a ton of e-commerce. And in addition to that, they also post like tutorials on their Facebook page. Uh, based on a lot of stuff I learned about local businesses, like they're straight crushing local business right yeah. now. So they shout out them. to YM Camera. Shout out to Robbie Yankish and his father, Jim Yankish. They're great guys. Tell them. Homework with friends sent you, and you get a 50% discount. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, though, if you have, like, any type of camera needs, you'd be hard-pressed to find somewhere better. Even if if it's asking for advice, like, he'll try to push you to buy a camera for them, but he geeks out on camera so much, he'll just Facebook message you back and forth on the best thing to buy. Yeah, probably, like, eight pages of advice. Yeah, he gets excited about it. (laughs) The boy um, likes cameras. But we want to thank him a lot for this. So my homework for this past week was to do some research on local bookstores mm-hmm. and kind of the he kind of spoiler alert talked about their res- resurgence recently yeah <laughs> um so there wasn't too much shocking there i kind of knew what i was getting into but yeah. i had to do a little bit of research on that uh maybe interview a local bookstore kind of get some intake on that and i was uh tasked to research third wave coffee uh, a lot of you might not know what that is uh i'll get we'll get into it well there's no need to go into too much detail. So, right now. Dalton, you are the head of the class for your amazing and unprecedented one, unprecedented. Oh boy, this uh, white wine is hitting already. The <laughs> unprecedented 100% on the homework of friends for your, for your PE assignment last week. So, thank you, thank you. You get to decide who goes first. Um, did I have you go first last week? Uh, I think I did go first last week. All right, I'll go first this time. Okay, right. I want to learn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we can we can talk about it. Dalton was giving some uh, nonverbal cues to turn on the lights because we are in a dungeon right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's dark. Uh, I mean, we are, and I know, cannot read anything I wrote down. So I'm gonna click on the old IKEA lamp right now. Oh, there, there we go. All right. So, you know anything about third wave coffee? So, tell me if I'm wrong. Because I could be. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> third wave, I think in general, is in reference to the uh, thing that comes after s- the second. Close, <laughs> but incorrect. <laughs> Ew. Is it, uh, is it when there was like local coffee shops and then it got a little bit more uh, corporate business and now it's kind of going back to local? Uh, back half was right. Okay. So, so for those of you who don't know, I've been in and out of the coffee industry for going on like two and a half-ish years now. Uh, I've been doing it for a while. I love it. I just recently rejoined the, the, the coffee life. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's like something I'm pretty like weirdly passionate about. I don't know why yeah. I'm so into coffee. I'm glad you're back in it. I mean, yeah. it seems like your last gig was pretty soul-sucking. It was, but coffee's so great. You just talk to people and... And drink it all day. It's long. like sipping coffee. Yeah, and just make it for them. Uh, so, a little bit about third wave coffee. Uh, we'll get into the history of the first couple waves. And so, coffee consumption started to jump off around like and started like steadily growing in the 1960s. 
and I guess that would be if you had to consider like a first wave, uh, that would be it. And then we moved into a uh, second wave, which began to implement some of the key elements, uh, such as like care for where the beans came from, uh, the quality of the product, and this like uh, began to directly affect consumers. So these were places like Starbucks and Pete's and Seattle Coffee, these big corporate places that took a little bit of care of what they were doing and started to kind of customize everything towards the consumer mm-hmm. uh, to make it a little bit more enjoyable and and personalized um so off the first wave it's like say there's a popular coffee shop and like hey we kind of got this really great supplier Uh, first we got a first wave vibe first wave was mostly just the initial jump in coffee consumption oh okay uh the second wave was where you started to get like the the actual coffee shops that you know were more personalized to the consumers wants and needs um and then, so I didn't want to spend too much time on that. So third wave coffee, uh, just jumping right into it, is more of a new idea that uh, it stems from placing more value not only on the merit of the coffee, but also on the way you think about it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of a mindset of the consumer and not so much the shop. Yeah. Uh, and... Obviously, like pricing in the last few years has jumped up uh, in what would be considered the third wave coffee movement. Uh, But that comes with the emphasis on the product's quality and uh, focusing on stuff like fair and direct trade beans and with it like increasing sustainability and the actual workforce. Yeah. So so less so the corporate focused coffee shops, more so people are going to buy into knowing that. The difference between a three dollar coffee and a four dollar coffee is you can sleep a little bit better at night. Yeah. Maybe even taste a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're producing some good local economy. Yeah, you are. And then, um, so what? Uh, a lot of some people might not know what direct trade is. Oh, uh, direct trade is exactly what it sounds like. It's the direct sale from coffee growers to roasters and like cafe owners and shops. Uh, so there's no third party involved. It goes from one hand to the next. And it allows anybody who handles the product, so growers, roasters, owners of coffee shops, baristas, and consumers, all know the story behind the product they're tasting. They know where it started, where it came from, um, and that's information that can be passed along. And that's part of the third wave movement where people are starting to be concerned about that type of stuff. Okay. Um, so it's more organically grown, sustainable, um, and not quite as big consumer-minded. Uh, uh, so this third wave isn't trying to like take over the world. No, it's not even. We'll get more. I'll get more. Into it. Uh, <laughs> so um, along with the third wave are the introduction of new, like completely different brewing methods. Uh, I'm going to list some of the brewing methods for you guys. Um, so some of the new brewing methods for the like the quote unquote third wave coffee movement include the regular drip coffee, mm-hmm. espresso. Pour overs, French press, percolators, Turkish coffee pots, uh, Aeropress, Ooh. Chemex. Mm. Um, Chemex is hot right now. People like that Chemex. They do. Uh, siphon coffee makers. And then there's like the cold brew immersion method that uh-huh. becomes, I mean, incredibly popular. You also have nitro brewed. Uh, so there's not really enough time on the podcast for me to get into what each no, one of them no. is. But what I want to um, hear is what's your favorite? 
I'll get into it. But I wanted to oh. say for anybody <laughs> who would like uh, Dalton's hot take on how to properly do any one of these. Sure. Uh, I've worked with all of them. Uh, you could just email us at Homework with Friends uh, podcast and um, just specify which one. And I'll give you like an exact recipe of what I would do when I make it. Whoa. Uh, and you could try it out. But my Coffee favorite. Coffee snob alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite personally is a French press. Okay. Um, a lot of the other brewing method- methods are really smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like. The the best way I can I can say it is sounds gross to other people, but I like like sludgy like thick coffee. Like, yeah, I like really thick dark coffee. Um, and French press kind of allows for that more than any other one. French press is good for really feeling like you're ingesting that yeah. bean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like um, we had one at our last apartment. I guess we have one now. I just haven't ever used it since I bought it. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I like that thing, man. That was oh, good. So that great. was some rocket fuel. Uh, there is like some concerns with that come with stuff like that. So uh, the oils directly from the bean can be a little hard on like your liver. Uh, okay. Uh, so with methods like a French press um, and a little bit anything with like a graded um, coffee filter that's You're not like paper yeah, filter. Not it doesn't out filter the oils out as well okay uh so they are a little bit harder on the body if you drink them a lot so switch it up you know yeah get some filtered coffee in you sorry guys i need a little wine <laughs> sip. <laughs> it's like interesting time to take a sip i've been i've been talking a lot i needed a sip that's true i mean it's homework baby um another thing i wanted to touch on is there's a there's a common misconception that espresso is like a separate bean or product from a drip coffee or any type of brewing method that it's like a different type of thing but espresso is actually just a different brewing method uh and it's like kind of believe that it's stronger than drip coffee i think a lot of people who don't know a ton about it think that but it's actually kind of the opposite um as far as coffee goes you can like like an espresso blend can be brewed through a drip coffee maker, and it's going to be stronger than if it's brewed as normal espresso. Because uh-huh. the longer uh, a bean is exposed to water, the higher the co- caffeine content is going to be. Okay, so it's not just shooting right through it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for for higher caffeine, the the more the more potent one is the drip coffee. Hmm. Um, and espresso is just another way to brew like a coffee bean. Okay, it's not like a completely different. Thing. So what I'm guessing is the espresso, uh, I don't know the Italian word for it, but it means express. <laughs> We're getting this coffee out quick. Probably. That I don't know. Hey, if you know it, tweet it at us at homework yeah. Um So what about Nespresso? Those are hot right now. Nespresso is a big deal <laughs> these days. <laughs> what about K-Cups, buddy? Uh, kickoffs are busted. That's a drip, technically, right? It's a drip, yeah. It's a drip. It's a quick drip. It's a quick drip. Uh, so, <laughs> in general, third wave coffee isn't like an active movement. It's not like an actual thing that's going on. There's not it's, like a mission statement behind it. No, no. Like uh, third wave coffee is more of like a concept and a mindset. Okay. Uh, and it's how you choose to enjoy the art form of like making coffee. 
And the big thing with it is these new coffee shops that are springing up that are like, quote unquote, third wave coffee shops. Um, there's just more dialogue and experimentation in the shops. So you're going to get a lot more like hands on, like your barista or whoever's talking to you, like telling you about these methods, explaining it to you, trying to encourage you to try new stuff, uh, trying to like broaden your horizons on what coffee is and not just get your regular old latte like yeah. you would at Starbucks where they're just going to like pump it out for you real quick and not really talk to you about it at all or educate you on it or, or try and get you to like broaden your horizons. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's not like, uh, the way I guess people would think about it is that's like, it's like a big push for like, uh, implementing all these new brew methods and stuff like that, but it's really not. You could keep all the old traditional methods and still be a third way of coffee shop. Um, mm-hmm. It's just having an open dialogue and appreciation and, and love for it. Do you think that places like Starbucks and, oh, I don't know, Pete's kind of seems to have been going like a corporate route where you see them like sponsoring like coffee shops and other cafes yeah. and stuff like that. But like I see that Starbucks has those same amenities like a nitro brew and then they have the the whole, what's the Chemex kind of thing too. Do you feel like is that still part of third wave, even though it's kind of still part of the second wave? Is that two and a half I, wave? It's like kind of all any. It's anyone's opinion. Yeah, honestly, uh, I would say no because I don't think that you're gonna get the same type of of information and dialogue and and appreciation as you would at like a local shop. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't think the it's not the employee's fault. I just don't think there are a lot of the time or freedom to do that. I yeah. think at local shops, um, you're encouraged to take passion in what you're doing and uh, engage with customers more, take a little bit more time when you're making the drinks, mm-hmm. uh, talk to them while you're doing it. <laughs> um, I just don't think you're you're allowed to do that kind of stuff at like a, a Starbucks or a Pete's. I remember I went to uh, this coffee shop when I was in Ames, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, doing some uh, a remote work trip. And it was the first time I had seen the Chemex thing. I had never seen that before. Yeah. And I was, quite honestly at the time, just looking for a pretty quick cup. <laughs> <laughs> and I went in there, and it was local coffee shop, like, to a T. Mm-hmm. Like, all three of the employees were heavily in a dialogue as soon as I walked in, it felt like I was a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And they're like asking me shit as if I knew the rest of the conversation. Yeah. And I was like still in, uh, I guess a funny way to put it, be like Starbucks mode, mm-hmm. right? Just had headphones in, trying to get the Wi Fi password, gonna sit down and do some work. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like, man, you see this shit? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I don't know. And then I was like, just a medium cup of coffee. And he's like, okay, cool. I was like, do you want to tell me how much? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, uh, like three bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I gave him money, and then he just pulls out this contraption and starts making it. It's just like dripping down. I'm like, what is that? You don't got one of the little pump things? <laughs> I think I'm a, a huge product of second wave coffee. Yeah. That I'm just like, not that I'm, I don't reject local business stuff, and I think I learned a lot about um I, maybe i'm doing some armchair psychology about it mm-hmm. i i get the attraction of it and i definitely get the um the customer base who goes to that yeah. and understanding that it's important to try to broaden people's horizons 
it's also important for the community of people who like to go to that coffee mm. shop that they can be proud of their coffee shop because it's kind of hard to be proud of your local Starbucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because like, there's 20 oh, of them. Dude, I love my caribou so much. <laughs> like, dude, they give back all the time. But... It's so much better than the one two blocks away. But it seems like the appeal of something like third wave coffee is it's something, while there might not be an explicit mission statement behind it, mm-hmm. the idea and the philosophy behind it is so much more appealing than this faceless yeah. corporate well, it's kind of, giant. It's kind of like turning back the clock a little bit. Yeah. Uh, on like the treatment you get from, from a, a store or a shop. Mm-hmm. that's in that's in the community because uh, i mean i've i've been in that mode before too where i was still going to a, like a local coffee shop but i bought it quick yeah um i don't necessarily like love to go to a starbucks and get coffee i'm just not a fan of it but uh you just i feel like you have to have like kind of an awareness and an acceptance that it could take longer yeah uh, and if you're if you're going into it and you're like needing something really fast you kind of have to just be like uh, well, here we go. Let's roll the dice, like, right? Just in case, because you never know how backed up they might be. Because I mean, a rush can put a like a, a small local coffee shop down for a little bit. It's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna be hard. Uh, they just don't have the the same type of equipment and resources that mm-hmm. like a Starbucks would have. So yeah, I think that the like the the base community that like are regulars at these local coffee shops know that they're going there for the personalized experience and not for the quickness. They they allot the time to to be there a little bit longer. Yeah. So Dalton worked at a place called Tree City in Kent, Ohio. Shout out Tree City. What about uh, Tree? My impression of Tree City when you walk into it, you would be hard pressed, pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> to uh believe that it's not a chain no it, yeah it was it looks it's like so a chain different from where i'm working now yeah if you're just visiting uh kent ohio for whatever whatever reason you would just assume that they're all over northeast ohio because the branding is so good the logo looks official mm. the employees are all wearing the same thing yeah <laughs> which is rare in a local coffee shop and there's a drive-through window the cups have the insignia of the company it it looks so corporate my question yeah. to you is with that kind of vibe um did you could you kind of tell the the starbucksy kind of people versus the people who are there just to chill when you're working oh absolutely and that place is so i guess unique what are you good on this light? Oh yeah. Oh, our nonverbal communication is off right now. I just did Navy Seal. I thought Seal. you were talking about the siren. No, I just did Navy Seal signs at Dalton for like a minute as to whether or not I should turn off this lamp. Yeah, you can turn it off. Bro. All right, and click. Um, so that place was so unique in the way that looks like just water. That wine that you're drinking. Uh, Dalton's referencing me pouring my Sutter Home Chardonnay. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Sorry to keep getting off. I'm housewifing um, it up tonight. I'm sure there's a lot of coffee shops like it, but that place is so unique in its ability to be like a quote unquote like third wave personalized coffee shop while also being able to be like essentially a Starbucks with how fast we could pump stuff out. So it was really based on you kind of had to gauge with the customers coming in. You could tell the people who were in a hurry didn't want to talk, but you could also like we also had our regulars who would come yeah. in. And just chat with us for 15 minutes after we gave them their coffee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a really cool place. It's fun to work in a shop that's completely just personalized and slow and not really consu- like concerned about 
pumping out product or anything like that you wear whatever you want yeah um it's fun to be doing that now too but but yeah it was like you could definitely tell it's easy to tell the people like i mean they come into the register they throw their order at you and they just walk away and stand by the bar until it comes out so and do you think the job of a good barista is to know that and know when to push yeah i mean that's the job of any any person in the service industry really you gotta be able to read people yeah yeah somebody comes in with the bluetooth headset sunglasses on chai latte that's that's like the job of anybody isn't it really that's like a lot like most jobs like even even your job is yeah you gotta read people people. yeah well because i guess i don't know I, i feel like once you get corporatized too much think about going through the fast food line at burger king and they're like you want to try the new cheetos mcchicken <laughs> and you're like you got a mcchicken <laughs> oh wow i guess i'll try it but like <laughs> it's weird of, that you guys named it a mcchicken <laughs> that's weird bold move uh but they have to say those kind of things so i'm just i, I and i know starbucks has to do that kind of shit like would yeah. you like to try nitro blonde brew mm-hmm. and you're like no i i'm here because i want the quickest coffee possible later so, and that was just my, my little question, uh, seeing, seeing what a coffee guy thinks about that. That's what a coffee guy thinks about that. Well, is that third wave coffee? That's third wave coffee. Um, I don't think I have anything else. That's just, I did not know much about third wave coffee at all. I don't think a lot of people do, because like I said, it's not really like a real thing. It's like, a, it's like an idea. People love coffee. People fucking love coffee. People dude. love coffee. I do too. And I you know what? It striking similarities to the book business okay you know why because they're, they're i mean essentially the same thing people love local people love local people it's, love local it's my favorite that's the only seemingly the only good thing that's happened in the world today is local business yeah people so, are getting back into it so here uh my homework assignment was to interview not interview but learn a little bit about the book industry mm-hmm and I think to kick things off, I'm just going to give us a little clip from the classic film, You've Got Mail. May I ask who you are? Kathleen Kelly. I own this store. And you are? Joe. Just call me Joe. We'll take these books. Okay. You're going to come back, aren't you? Uh, of course. See? That is why we are not going to go under, because our customers are loyal. They're opening up a Fox Books around the corner. Fox Books? My daddy... Uh, likes to buy a discount. But don't tell anybody that, honey. There's nothing to be proud of. F-O-X. <laughs> that is amazing. You can spell Fox? Can you spell dog? F-O-X. Look at this dinosaur book. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have a dinosaur book like that? Wouldn't you like to read that? Here, Annabelle, you sit here and read that book until I take care of things. Whatever you do, just don't listen to anything I say, okay? Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll take that pop-up book as well, the dinosaur. You know, the world is not driven by discounts, believe me. I have been in business forever. I mean, I started helping my mother after school here when I was six years old, and I used to watch her. And it wasn't that she was just selling books. It was that she was helping people become whoever it was they were going to turn out to be. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, you have. You've made me feel... Enchanting. Your mother was enchanting. Yes, she was. Uh, How will you be paying for this? I haven't seen this movie in forever. 
<laughs> so that was you've got mail. You've got mail. There's your you've got mail clip of the day. Yeah, of the week. and uh, that's our new section called. What do you got, You've Got Mail, where we try to play the most relevant clip from You've Got Mail for every single podcast. Uh, Also referred to as We've Got Hanks. (laughs) We've Got Hanks, baby. (laughs) And You've Got Ryan. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I think that clip kind of sums up my entire homework, and I am now done. (laughs) (laughs) Cap it. Uh, It was hard to find any article about local bookstores without somebody referencing, We've all seen You've Got Mail. (laughs) Not everybody works out just like Meg Ryan. Is that a thing? Are you being serious? I am serious. There was, uh, I think, out of the two article or two of the four articles that I researched for this, both of them, two of them referenced "You've Got Mail." Ah. Right but and that annoys I, me. I don't even know why that annoys me. In the trend, <laughs> in the trend of great journalism, I wanted to do the same. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the bookstores. So uh, Wikipedia states bookstores go back as early as 300 BC. Okay. But we ain't talking about Egypt, baby. We're talking about America. Is that Egypt times? Hmm? Is that Egypt times? Yeah, I'm sure Egypt was around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, in America, we're talking 1640 uh, in Massachusetts is where we started to see uh, the printing press become a bigger deal. And then about 45 years later in Philadelphia, Ben Franklin was a huge proponent of the printing yeah, press. Wait, what were the bookstores in 300 BC like? <laughs> uh it's kind of like a... Were they written? Were they carved on stone? No, it was like a Borders. <laughs> uh, no, it was like it was like literally an Amazon books. You just go in and scan it. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever the price is on Amazon. It was just called Amazon tablets at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you just go buy yeah. these large stone tablets, um, the eye chisel. But anyway, so in America, it really started as early as about 1685. It wasn't huge. I mean, like like any developing country... Literary, uh, literacy wasn't the biggest deal. There's a few other things to take care of first, such as eating and surviving. So uh, the printing press was very educational as far as a lot of the books were mainly based not so much around fiction outside of um, maybe some like fables and myths and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of stuff was more for like manuals and, and other things and early, early literary works. Yeah. Um, so we kind of borrowed from Europe. Europe borrowed from us uh, because we were so much better at industry and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just getting to our five European listeners out there. <laughs> um, but not not really kidding. Uh, but there really is a, a huge... <laughs> Did you just take a strong stance? Ugh. <laughs> I'm very nationalistic. <laughs> when we're talking about local business, I'm talking about America, baby. Hey. Uh, America's my local business. Is it? Yeah. I don't know where this is going. Not in this climate. <laughs> I'm getting political. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so kind of similar to um the waves of coffee it's the same with the waves of retail for the most part which is why i was trying to sound smart earlier in that uh the first wave of retail is kind of more mom and pop shops mm-hmm. uh meaning just small family businesses usually had enough resources to get an inventory and would sell them and usually because besides shipping uh, coast to coast with the railroads and things like that you could get you know inventory from coast to coast but you really weren't going to be traveling that far to get basic home goods 
and then also moving forward greater needs like books and stuff like that so these local bookshops would be all over the place because there was no real need for a chain or anything like that Mm -hmm. but like a lot of other places like chain coffee shops chain electronic stores chain hardware stores uh there was chain bookstores so places like barnes noble borders uh, what was that one that used to be in malls all the time start with a w I have no idea. I don't know either. Um, I don't think... I don't know. Oh, it's killing me. Tweet at us, at HomeworkPod, if you know. <laughs> the you, one didn't look, you didn't look it up? Walden Books. Walden? Yeah, there used to be Walden Books. Maybe that was a where you live thing. I don't remember that at all. Uh, maybe not. Did you, did you have a local bookstore? Borders was around you, right? Yeah, we had uh, like Borders and Barnes & Noble. Yeah, Barnes & Noble was way bigger around where I was at, and then the mall had the Walden. Um, but it seems like a lot of these uh, businesses where the internet could really easily take over, mm-hmm. um, they started to kind of fall away. Uh, a lot of board, all the borders, borders is shut down, mm-hmm. right? I, I remember going to those closeout sales in 2011. Pretty cool time. Those were cool times. Yeah, I got so many books. Yeah, a lot of so cheap, a lot of cheap stuff. Local bookstores were like, yeah, I'm taking notes of this. People <laughs> like to buy the books. They don't like borders. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Barnes and Noble around me is still open miraculously. No clue. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just thought of. It. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You know, like Doctors Without Borders? Yeah. What if there was like a program called Books Without Borders? Books <laughs> for, for local coffee shops. Known as every single yeah. <laughs> bookstore that's not Borders. Yeah. Hello. Books Without Borders. I wear Books Without Borders. Uh, and now Borders is Borders Without Books. Oh, no. Because there's no Borders. That's sad. Yeah. Rest in peace, Borders. Uh, but the same thing kind of happened where the industry kind of imploded on itself. So in that classic, you've got mail clip, we're hearing about a Barnes and Noble type store. That's going to choke out the business of a local mm-hmm. bookstore, uh, a, on a bigger scale, businesses like Amazon did the same thing to those chain bookstores. Yeah. Uh, because when you take away the personalization around the store, the same way we are talking about, people don't get so romantic about a Starbucks. People don't, I mean, sure, if you have fond memories of your Barnes & Noble, I don't mean to be dissing you right now, but people always have more salient memories of that cool local bookstore with a big fat cat that walked around the shelves, and some guy behind the counter who just wore suspenders, (laughs) and didn't really, he just grumbled at you when you wanted to buy your books. 90% chance the cat's name was Fitzgerald. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what do you want? This is my cat Fitzgerald, because I love F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, I get it. And he asks, hey, can I pet the cat? And he goes, what cat? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But those kind of books have what we call in the business charm. Charm. And people want to go back to those, so I think that's why. We didn't make it sound very charming. Charm. (laughs) I didn't make that sound charming? No, we didn't make the bookstore sound very charming. Uh, That's true. It actually sounded kind of gross. You know what? Go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Bring back Barnes and Noble and Borders. Um, but so yeah, back to what I was saying before. Third wave is the return to mom and pop shops, and the way that they're really staying afloat is using uh, places like Amazon as an affiliate tool. Basically, meaning a lot of the ways these shops sell a good amount of their inventory mm-hmm. is through listing their books on Amazon as well as having them in person. Oh, that makes sense. So Amazon is taking a cut of that, obviously. But Amazon only has so much warehouse space um, yeah. and wholesale. So 
um, you might be buying a book from Penguin, uh, who is licensed through Amazon to sell, but you could also be buying a book through, um, you know, the bookseller down the street and they sell it through Amazon cause they can honor it with prime and then they still get a good cut of the money. So, yeah. um, it's kind of a, I guess in biology terms, it's a symbiotic relationship where Amazon's still making a cut mm-hmm. and it's still allowing this local business to ex- succeed and thrive. And the local business is just kind of using technology to as is uh, to its advantage mm-hmm. uh, versus what I think a lot of people were afraid of, especially around the you've got mail time of the internet just destroying everything. But people definitely overestimated um, people's attraction to the internet in that yeah. way and underestimated charm, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up a few articles about this just to kind of get a, a scope of different perspectives on the rise of the local bookstore. Because like I said earlier, spoiler alert, local bookstores are doing pretty well right now. But yeah. keep in mind, pretty well doesn't mean they are, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe blowing box office records. <laughs> they Obviously. are, they're up a little bit. Yeah, um, they're a, doing better than they were. A few percent here and there, and not that ebooks are their mortal enemy, but in the fact that it could effectively, if they caught on bigger, destroy all their stores. The I, fact that ebooks are also down is a really good thing for them. Here's, I'm going to make a bold statement on the podcast right now. I want to hear it. This is for everybody. And if this offends you, then I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But if you like to read books on like an iPad or a Kindle, if you like ebooks, I don't like you at all. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's fucking weird, dude. Hey, <laughs> I don't like it. Let it be known. This is the statement of Dalton Lee and not the homework with friends podcast. Yes. Yes. This is the statement of Dalton Lee. If you don't like to hold the actual book in your hand, eh, get out of my face. Okay. I think everybody likes that. Yeah. But as a person who has two books on Kindle Unlimited you have right two now. two books on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. I'm not, I'm talking about people who exclusively like buy a Kindle and read every book that they read. Every on book that, that they yes. read on it. Okay, I see what you're talking about. If you don't like to hold that paper I in think, your okay, hands, yeah, yeah. As an ebook author, I would love it. To be, <laughs> I would love it to be printed. <laughs> yes, it's so much better. And so, and I will say it's good for students who need to buy their textbooks cheaper too. We're not talking textbooks here. <laughs> we ain't talking text, baby. We're talking books. Uh, so yeah, that's my bold statement of this episode. Uh, mm. If you want to be friends with me. Go buy the real book. I think your statement is not that controversial. No, it's not. <laughs> but I just, just in case I offend one listener, I wanted to make sure they know. That you don't care? Yeah, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that explicit rating, baby. Um, so I will speed through this. But one of the things I looked at was the Harvard Business Journal. And the article was how independent bookstores have thrived in spite of Amazon.com. Um, so this piqued the interest of researcher Ryan Raffaele, Raffaele, Raphael, Raphael, <laughs> uh, Raphael and Donatello, um, an assistant professor at the, in the organizational behavior unit at Harvard business school. Uh, and oh, Mr. Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's a smart guy. Um, but he tries to study how mature organizations and industries faced with technological change reinvent themselves. And he has termed this line of research technology re-emergence. Sounds like a a Harvard title. Yeah, it is a mouthful. I won't say that much. (laughs) You could say bookstores are doing good. (laughs) Um, But 
uh, in this day and age, we are in the information age, uh, which is all stemmed around technology and how we use that to better our businesses. So he broke down what he calls the three C's as to why local businesses are thriving again in today's culture. Uh, he calls it community, curation, and convening. Okay. Community being it's something you can rally around. Uh, so like you were talking about earlier with the coffee shops, um, it's a place where you know people come, they like to hang out, they'll talk to the barista, um, there's a pride around liking coffee, because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to overlap that too much with convening later, but just like the, the community of people who enjoy this, this, this subject. Yeah. Uh, curation, meaning as a barista, you're talking about what type of coffee you like and how you would like to prepare that coffee the same way that a bookstore, if you look at most any local bookstore, they'll have our hot picks for, you know, this is Jason's favorite book. And they'll have that on there. And you go like, hmm, me and Jason had a fun conversation. I like his books. Yeah. I'll read this. Mein Kampf. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Why did they hire this guy? <laughs> but anyway, so curation's a big point of that. So uh, all jokes aside, meaning that you trust the people who work there. Um, yeah. Even if you don't know them, if you see, you know, their name on something, you might want to buy it. And then convening, meaning a lot of these local shops not only just have a wall of books where you go in, but it's actively encouraged that people stay for a while, talk, engage with each other, um, because that can help drive community, which helps drives people respect for the curation. So mm-hmm. that convening is why you see even you know Amazon's bookstores have a coffee shop area, because they want people to stay in there to keep talking. Because they'll, you know, maybe they're not buying a book every single time they come in. Maybe they're not even buying a coffee every single time they're coming in. But they like your space and they want to be there. Yeah. So those are the three C's as to why local coffee shops are thriving right now. Um, so I got some stats Wait, here. local coffee shops or local? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think you're trying to do my homework. Oh, I, dude, there's so much overlap. <laughs> There is. If you want to hit the big bucks, open a local coffee shop and bookstore. Yeah, I, I maybe not big bucks, but if you want to, hit if you want to clear forty thousand a year, the well, <laughs> I, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> well, with the, the the overhead costs and everything. Oh, like your own yourself? Yeah, and paying out your employees. Yeah, maybe you live in the coffee shop. Probably live in the coffee shop. Now you're set. Uh, so I looked at a few other things just to get some statistics. Um, so this is from uh, the website Columbus CEO from an article entitled Columbus Bookstores Have the Independent Spirit. Uh, so Award? N- no. <laughs> they did not make a hit film. Uh, <laughs> they, they beat Timothy Chalamet. Oh, sorry, Timmy Shams. Uh, but they have a statistic here that says in between 1995 and 2000, uh, 43% of indie bookstores closed. That's a bummer. Yeah, so that's what You've Got Mail is all about. Um, but given back to our earlier conversations about like why they're thriving is that they're just not as concerned anymore with competing with the big boys. Like That's not their competition anymore because places like Amazon have already snuffed them out. Mm-hmm. So whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's kind of hard to tell. But places like Amazon have become more of a platform for these bookstores to thrive rather than a thing that's going to really be competition within them. Because Amazon still needs them for inventory. Uh, so until they can solve that problem, indie bookstores, you're doing good. 
Um, let's see. There's a quote here that says, there are tens of millions of American customers who are making decisions every day to shop locally owned indie businesses because it's a locally owned indie business. Um, I think this is a sentiment I resonated with a lot. Not so much myself because I'm, I'm pretty cost focused a lot of the times, but if the, that aligns with it being like a local business and I Mm -hmm. like that business, maybe I like the people there, I will go there just to support them. Yeah, I think I'm big on this. I I think I've missed the whole like ordering stuff online thing. I'm so big on like going into the store and getting it and seeing it and touching it before I buy it. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I missed the the cost-effective Amazon wave uh-huh. of, of life, but it didn't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like that local business. Always have. I, I, I yeah. But that, a, but that's a thing. I, I, I hesitate to say even just with our generation because I think it's kind of a human thing to know that you're like helping out mm-hmm. the people who are phys- like visibly working behind the counter. Always yeah. just feels good. I like talking to people. And too. sometimes it, especially not that they have to adopt this huge like customer service mentality where they're like, "Hello, sir. Welcome to my local bookstore. How are you doing? Do you want to know what Johnny wants to read?" Like you don't have to do it <laughs> like that. But if you're just like. Hey man, good good to see you. I recognize you. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you bought that Chuck Palahniuk book the other week. Did you like it? Did you read it? What are you looking for this time? That to me is like, oh, that kind of that's cool because I feel recognized and in, in there. Yeah, there used to be a local bookshop uh, around where we lived previously, and I like so many times I would go in there and the guy would be like, "Look who's back again!" Like, did you yeah. finish the books from last time? I'd be like, "Yeah, man, I, I capped them off." Like. What do you think I should get now? And he would always have suggestions and like very good suggestions based off of what I had bought previously. Yeah. Um, and so I just like I like that feel so much more. Yeah. Than, well, and and maybe it's because like looking up like top ten best books for Dalton. <laughs> well, <laughs> and ordering them off Amazon. Exactly. Like, Here's yeah. on your wish list because in my retail experience, maybe this is why. And I I always like it, but I always still go online for stuff. Um, is because I always worked at these big corporate places. Like I mm. worked at a party city. I worked at a radio shack. Um, other than that, I've just kind of worked for bigger companies. And for the most part, when people would come into those retail situations, they would not expect to get recognized. So when ah. you recognize them, they're almost like, huh? Yeah. What? You you know you I'm f- buying these streamers again? You some type of creep? Yeah, it's you some like, type of fucking weirdo. And you just go, no, I just have eyeballs. Like I just know I can remember. <laughs> I who have you a are memory because I'm not a goldfish. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, like a local bookstore, you almost expect it because I've I've actually been to places where they were going for like a local vibe, but they sucked at it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like especially coffee shops where I've gone yeah. to a place and they're trying to be kind of hip, but you can tell that there's a bottom line there. And I, you know, there was a place I went to where I used to work where I went there probably every day for like a month. And I was not a student. This was a university town. Literally every single time got asked, like, what do you think about finals? (laughs) I was like, I've talked to you so much. Maybe this is just that one guy, but it yeah, was like the entire That stuff. might be a personal thing. But no, I mean, it was. He might just be an idiot. Yeah. But that, I mean, the same thing. I got the same. I got medium coffee every single time. And, yeah. And, you know, but I've been to places before where they walk in and they get that medium coffee cup ready to go. And you're like, oh, this feels good. They know this is it what does. I want. Um, it's a big part of, of local business is, is recognizing and, and acting before the person really has to say anything. Yeah, exactly. It's great. 
Um, so I have a little bit of other statistics here, but everything kind of starts to repeat itself um, as far as, you know, just local businesses are doing better. I think the most interesting thing is just like the root cause of it is people are kind of burnt out with the bigger chains. Um, I think, I guess it's safe to say millennials do appreciate that local attention. Yeah. Maybe it's that whole feeling special kind of thing. We might suck at everything else, but we're good at that. But sometimes I think when people say, oh, they like to feel so special, it's like, no, I like to feel recognized and known. And if I can go to a place every single day and they can provide that for me, that's awesome. So that's why local businesses thrive. Um, Let's see if I can find any other cool statistics here. Doop, boop, doop, boop. Um, another thing that was mentioned that was uh, helping out book sales in general is that audiobooks are on the uprise big time, uh, mainly because they're a lot easier pr- to produce nowadays, and everybody has an audiobook player in their pocket now. Yeah. So um, people are actually consuming books a lot more, and because of that, like, think about Christmas time. You know Aunt Susie loves audiobooks mm-hmm. maybe you'll buy her a physical book because you know she kind of likes books or whatever yeah um so that kind of helps out the holiday business and also people like holding physical things um it says here through the chicago tribune that book sales have increased 2.6 percent over just the past year um, a lot of local businesses are having their biggest years ever recently and mm-hmm. it's happening every single year because of the resurgence of it Um, I gave that statistic earlier between 1995 and 2000 that 43% of books, indie book sales closed. Uh, Growth between 2009 and 2015 for indie bookstores grew 35%. Oh. So they're kind of mining the gap a little bit there. And in general, it's looking like I said earlier, not everything is, you know, you're not seeing a 20, 25% increase in anything by any means. Uh, But you're seeing small steps, I guess. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but in the right direction. Uh, reference episode two, small Every, steps. Small steps. You know what, <laughs> armpit? Just takes one small step. Sorry. <laughs> Theodore. <laughs> uh, but book step, books, book steps. <laughs> Bookstores are working on their small steps. Uh, we live in, <laughs> we live in uh, Chicago. Chicago has a bajillion local bookstores. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure wherever you're at, um, you got at least one local bookstore i know we looked at the columbus ceo for one of these articles and they have so many and they have some really amazing bookstores that i've checked out before um so i guess my only plug is you know check out your local bookstore yeah go go buy some books and read yeah people reading's fun and you know what if you're if you if you live in a big city like we do where you commute every day uh it's the best way to pass time it makes train rides go so much yeah, quicker. Yeah, I've become a huge reader uh, lately, just consuming almost about a book a week as of the past few months, just kind of like whatever. I've got a solid two hours a day just to read. It's great. Yeah. Um, and another tip, if you're on Amazon, uh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. I've got Amazon Prime. I love it. Sometimes I want that stuff quick. Me too. I only use it for movies. And they've got great deals. But if you are buying a book on Amazon, a couple tips. Uh, search the book that you want. Go to the used section, um, look for the .001 cent books, uh, because there's a ton of them, especially for like classics and stuff like that. You're going to have to pay shipping on it, which is usually like $3.99, but that's still under market cost for that book, Mm -hmm. and you're helping a local business stimulate itself a little bit and clear some some inventory. That's some great advice. And then B, go to prime fulfilled if you have prime 
and try to buy the one as long as you're not too concerned about condition. Sometimes they're in great condition. Go to any of the ones that are from a local bookstore that use Prime as their dealer. Um, don't just go for the first Prime warehouse one you see because then you're definitely helping them out a lot more because you're buying the book at their full cost and yeah. you're not paying for shipping. Boom. Boom. couple tips right there to support your local bookstore. Educating you. Um, I'm not going to go into this too much because we're running a little bit long now, but I did try to interview a bookstore. <laughs> you tried to? Yeah. So Which I went, bookstore? I went to Bookman's Corner on Clark. Okay. Uh, so uh, Dalton and I pass this a lot when we yeah. walk to one of the movie theaters that we go to. <laughs> I walked in, and this is one of those local bookstores that I don't think they give a shit about the three C's. It is just like wall-to-wall books. Mm-hmm. Like You get what you're going for. This guy literally says in an interview, not mine, that he makes no money and that it's just <laughs> it's harder to think about closing than it is to keep it open, so he keeps it open. <laughs> But I went in there, and I was probably the wrong one to go to. I was, like, expecting this, like, happy, like, crunchy woman to be like, oh, yeah, I got five minutes. And, you know, Jewel over there, she wants to talk about it, too. Yeah. Um, This guy was like, I walked in there, and he said, what do you want? (laughs) And I was like, I got a podcast, and... um." I get um I was going to see if maybe I could interview about local bookstores and he just went all right and he gave me a name and said Chicago Tribune and he said google that I literally just did one of these like 2 months ago <laughs> I was like <laughs> oh okay and he's like I'm going to need to see your bag if you're going to be looking around. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. That's funny. Uh, but I, I encourage you to look up uh, Google Bookman's Corner, Chicago Tribune. Uh, it's a nice little interview. He kind of uh, goes through the whole shop and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more bleak than what research would indicate. I mean, the guy that I talked to who declined the interview literally said that, you know, there's no way that small and he says rare bookstores and rare bookstores mammoth things like half price books those are the things that are going to stay and then that small independents are all done oh man well i think that you have to cater to some you have to like make it enjoyable yeah and you can't just post up all grumpy and be like yeah go look at the books well and i that's the thing though i think that's like his vibe uh he's he said and i quoted this from his video where he was like, he's like, people come in here and they ask, is there any rhyme or reason to this? And I say, we've got a hundred categories and signs of what, <laughs> we've got a hundred categories and signs. What are you looking for? Don't tease me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I get this guy's vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's goofy. Um, uh, One other little tidbit, this comes from Robbie Yankish himself is and he might have mentioned this on the last podcast but he was talking about how real estate developers are even giving discounts to local bookstores um who are developing shopping centers because people spend more time in bookstores which helps the whole real estate of a shopping center get lifted up wow he learned that from a planet money podcast classic uh and there we go and this is a final quote uh, it says here that the growth of book sales um this has less to do with the rise and or fall of ebooks and more to do with the volatility of book markets. Look at that. That's bookstores. That's bookstores. Yeah. What do you know? Now we know. You know now. Baby. <laughs> well, 
Time for grades? Time for grades. I got I to pee first. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick grade break. Uh, while Dalton goes to the restroom, I'll give you guys a breakdown of what grades are, and we'll get right into it. We grade on four different categories. That is accuracy, uh, quality, effort, and whoa, which basically means were we surprised by what we heard? So we'll be back in just one microsecond. And we're back with grades. All right. All right. Uh, head of the class, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right. So, grades, baby. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, starting with effort, I'm going to give you 20. Okay. Uh, it looks like you did a little bit of research. Learned a little bit about third wave coffee. You're a coffee boy yourself, so I figured a lot of that would come effortlessly. And that's where you lost five points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that, uh, like myself, we both had real easy wins and as far as like actually interviewing yeah. a local business, and we just didn't do it. Um, so I'm going to give you 20 on that. Uh, accuracy, I'm going to give you 25 out of 25. As always, accuracy, hard to knock. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality, I'm going to give you 20. Uh, going back to the whole interviewing kind of point and just in general, I think, and I'll critique myself on this, on our research projects, we just got we got to frame them better. We just got to get yeah. into them a little bit better. Uh, and whoa, uh, 20 out of 20. I just didn't, I didn't know a lot about third wave coffee. 20 out of 20? 20 out of 25. <laughs> God damn, I do that all the time. Uh, 20 out of 25. Uh, I don't. I didn't know a ton about third wave coffee, so I liked all that kind of stuff. I was woed by the terminology. I was woed by all the different types of coffee there was. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get that twenty five out of twenty five. Well, uh, so I'm getting you an eighty five total. It's a solid B. Oh wow! I think we flipped roles. On uh, normally, I'm the harsh grader. Ooh, but I, I maybe maybe this coffee wine softened me up. <laughs> oh, we got a little uh, Grinch Dalton over here. Yeah, heart's warming. My heart grew two sizes. Uh, quality at 23 out of 25 oh cool um that was based similar on the fact that you could have contacted any other coffee shop to do an interview bookstore um yeah bookstore sorry (laughs) um accuracy 25 out of 25 because I did not do any research on your topic. Like, I never do. Like, I, <laughs> like, like why would I ever do, why would uh, I do that? We are now taking suggestions to replace accuracy. Yeah. Homework with friends at Gmail. Let us know. Yeah, figure out something other than accuracy, because we do not look it's a, up. It's an easy others. 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, effort, I went 23 out of 25. Okay. Um, I'm sure you didn't put that much effort in, but... <laughs> 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 but I was feeling soft. I even... I even jumped it up. I had a little, a little correct there. I had you lower, but I bumped it up to 23. Oh, uh, the wine is good to your head. I said 23 out of 25. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was a soft boy today. Yeah, you were. I, I, I like this. I dropped you down. I dropped you at a 90, 94 out of 100. 94 Solid, out of 100? Yeah. Woo! Solid A. Hell yes. I feel good about that. I don't know what got into me. I don't know what got into I think into you've you. gotten worse grades on better assignments. Uh, I have. I know I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this was one that did not have anything to do with lists, so I think it worked in my favor. Yeah, you didn't have to make a list that I wanted you to make. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah I, I didn't defy your expectations. So, well, I guess that looks like I'm the head of the class. 
And then I'm good, Don. Dummy, dummy, Duncey. I prefer to be the Dunce. <laughs> you prefer to be the Dunce? <laughs> um, well, that leads us to our very last portion of the podcast, and that is next week's assignment. Next week's assignment. Next week's assignment. Do, 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 do. That's the new next week's assignment song. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, but let's get into it. So, as the current head of the class, I will dole out your assignment first. Okay. You ready for it? Yeah. So, in the spirit of doing some thematic episodes, uh, like we did with the PE one, it also kind of helps us structure our week a little bit better. Um, Dalton, I want I want this next week to be about Canada. Okay. All right. I know we talked about this a little bit beforehand. <laughs> So I mean, you're not dropping this on me for the first time. I know. I'm trying to act like it is. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's hard to record this every week. Give us a break. Um, but I want to learn about Canada. Okay. Man, so we got these crazy tariffs going on right now. Trump and Trudeau aren't getting along. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned, but not 100%. Um, so I want to learn about Canadian history. Okay. Um, I kind of want to learn specifically around, uh, kind of like the Revolutionary War of Canada. When was like the founding of Canada? I mean, I know they didn't have a Revolutionary War, but like there was a time where they were just settling up there and they're like, yeah, we're just going to be our own country. Yeah. We're settling. Yeah. Settling. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to learn about Canada. This is the benefit of this assignment. Hugely free form. Okay. Massively free form. Yeah. You can go in any direction you want. This is what I would say. What's a good pun? You can really true woe me on this. Whoa. Justin true woe me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, Cuddy. <laughs> That's, yeah, that was my Cuddy impression. Yeah, gets these true dose. Ghosts. Uh, okay, so... Along with this, we discussed this before. We discussed the theme, not the assignments, but uh, your assignment is to do your best to find a Canadian immigrant. Okay. Uh, Maybe conduct a little interview with them, see why they came to America, uh, what... Kind of their, what their opinions on the, the state of America as a country are right now, because it's just struggling. It's it's doing rough, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and um, just any other information. Their their upbringing, maybe some Canadian mannerisms that they that, that they say that people don't really get. Okay, um, yeah, just just as much as information as you can get. I think I can do that, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good teaser for next week's episode. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. As always. This was a little bit of a, a sleepy episode for us. I don't know if you can feel the sleepiness. This might have been our, our least jokey episode. We weren't super jokey. Nah, you guys got a lot of factual information. Yeah, I love it. This is basically like a How Stuff Works episode or a stuff you yeah. should know. But um, if you're out there and you're listening, thank you so much for listening. You can connect, can connect with us at homeworkwithfriends at gmail.com, at homeworkpod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Victory Lap Show on Instagram. We post on that sometimes, too. Yeah. Uh, but we we love you guys. Yeah, and if you read ebooks, go fuck yourself. Read ebooks? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the enunciation <laughs> was a little bit necessary. <laughs> All right. Uh, do your homework. See ya.